speaking, it was done. Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Gospel according to St. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow, nor, nor reap, nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, we Americans are pretty naive when we think that we do not worship idols anymore. You see, we often think that only primitive, yes, only primitive people worship idols carved out of wood and stone. But not us. Not us. We are too sophisticated and modern to dabble with such foolish, ancient, mystical practices. My friends, let us not be too arrogant. Can you imagine those same so-called, those so-called primitive people looking at us today and instead of seeing us obtaining, well, security and power and comfort from pieces of wood, idols carved out of wood and stone, instead they saw us finding security and power and comfort from thin green pieces of paper, what would they think? What would they think about us finding security and power and comfort from tiny little squiggly numbers on a screen, on a cell phone screen for an app for a bank. I don't know about you, but worshiping stone or wood, an idol made of stone or wood, seems a little less crazy in the grand scheme of things than worshiping green little paper or tiny numbers on an electronic screen. The point being is this. Just because we do not have an idol made of wood or stone in America does not mean does not mean that we do not have idols. Indeed. In fact, in America, the most popular idol that we fear, that we love, and that we trust 
Get this is mammon. Yes, mammon. M A M M O N. Mammon. But what is mammon? Well, mammon is an ancient word that means money god. It's an ancient word that means money god. It is actually a Syriac word given to an idol that was worshipped as the god of riches. Jesus, in our gospel reading from Matthew, he uses this very same word, mammon, this very same word. However, in our English language, we translate it as money. You cannot worship God and money. You cannot worship God and mammon. Now, to be perfectly clear, we do have to be perfectly clear on this. Money and property and possessions, they're not sinful. I repeat, money, property, and possessions are not sinful. We have to be clear on that. However, here's the big however. When money and property and possessions, when they are feared and loved and trusted, well, they actually turn into the idol of mammon. They're transformed into mammon. In other words, when money is used to serve our neighbors and us, it's perfectly, perfectly fine. It's a possession that we use. It's like a tool that we use to maneuver our way through this world and to serve our neighbor and serve our families. That's good. That's whole. It's the way it's meant to be. However, when we begin to serve money, yes, when we get to serve money, become servants to money, and when money begins to possess us, well, it then becomes the idol of mammon. It becomes a god to you and me. Now, perhaps you and I would like to think that we do not worship mammon here in America, but truth be told, this love of mammon, it clings firmly to your human nature all the way to the grave. From birth to the grave, it clings to you. Bluntly stated, just to be perfectly clear, there's not a single person in this sanctuary, including me, that is free from the love and the worship of mammon. Whether you have all the money in the world or not a dime to your name, each and every one of us, regardless of our financial status in this world, regardless of our financial status, we all have a deep affection for mammon. The reason is, well, the world considers mammon as the only thing that is important to life. The world believes that mammon is what your soul and your body depend on in order to exist. Without mammon, it's taught in this world that you cannot exist. You cannot even be. And so the love of mammon is not a rich person's problem. It is a human problem. It's your problem. It's mine too. But here's the catch. Even though we all worship this idol of mammon, we pretend that we don't. We do. We cover our thirst and our desire for mammon with pious justifications. Yes, instead of admitting that we covet possessions and strive after money to feel secure and powerful and comfortable, well, we say that we're planning for financial stability or saving for an emergency or earning money to plan for our future retirement. Indeed, as good as those things are, we often use those as an excuse to cover our thirst and our love and our fear, love, and trust of mammon. We cover our greedy hearts and our coveting eyes with mature and stoic-sounding phrases. We want to sound like we're doing a bunch of great virtues with our money and our property and possessions, but in reality, we are often bowing before the God of mammon as it steals away that fear, love, and trust that is allotted for God and him alone. We must keep in mind, though, 
that mammon does not only steal our fear, love, and trust, grabbing it away from us, but hear this really loud and clear. This is the point that needs to be really made today. It actually enslaves you. Yes, mammon enslaves you. That is why Jesus says that you cannot serve two masters. In our reading from the Gospel of Matthew, you cannot serve God and mammon. You're either possessed by one and not the other or possessed by this one and not the other. You see, mammon is different from the other sins that we commit, that we all commit. For example, when you go the way of gluttony, well, we drink and eat too much. It's a sin of over-consuming, taking that which is outside of us, money, or excuse me, drink and food, and over-consuming. We take. And when we go the way of lust, well, we use our bodies and other people's bodies, yes, to satisfy our passions. It is a sin of wrongly satisfying our passions. And when we go the way of arrogance and pride, well, we use possessions and people to fulfill the thirst of our honor, a desire for honor and praise. In other words, with these examples, we use people and things and ideas to serve us. It's directed this way to our heart. We consume, we devour, we take, we pull within. However, mark this, it does not work this way with mammon. Indeed, it does not work this way with mammon. Mammon does not allow us to consume it. It does not allow us to take from it. Instead, mammon demands, mammon demands that we give to it, that we serve it, which is why it enslaves you and me. Now, please do not miss this point. Let me explain why mammon enslaves you and me. You see, early in life, most people never have enough money and have, never have enough property and possessions. Just think of all those stories in college and early marriage, scrape and buy. And so as a result, early in life, you work and work and work. You save and you save and you save. You buy vehicles, you invest in a pension plan, you buy a house eventually, you acquire stuff and more stuff. And by the middle age, most people have an adequate amount. Yes, by middle age, most people have an adequate amount of stuff. But the mammon comes along and it says to you and me, well, you need to have more stuff because you're going to retire soon and then you might not have enough stuff. And so people work and work and work some more. By the time of retirement, people can have so much stuff, so much mammon, that they feel crushed by the weight of trying to manage all the things that they've accumulated, all that mammon that they have. They realize that they're enslaved to mammon, spending all of their time maintaining and servicing this mammon. It is one big burden. And so they try to downsize and get rid of this mammon in the last stage of life while also simultaneously working part-time to make sure that they don't run out of mammon. And in the end... After death comes and strikes, people who cling to their mammon, they typically die with boatloads of mammon, boatloads of money and property and possessions, which means that they are more profitable to society in their death than they were when they were alive. In other words, in death, their money and property and possessions may be released from the grip of mammon to be used by family and friends who are in true need. Too bad these enslaved people did not help their family members and friends when they were alive. But then again, that is what mammon does to a person. Mammon, it locks up all wealth and makes a person its slave by telling them to collect and to gather and to get more and more and more. 
It's vicious. Lord, have mercy. Now, dear friends, this is how mammon works. It tells us that it cannot be spent, cannot be spent for others, that it cannot be spent for ourselves, that it must be saved. It tells us that the more mammon a person has, here's the other key, the more mammon a person has, the more secure and happy and unafraid that person will be. Mammon tells us that if we have it, when we possess mammon, we'll have peace. Kind of like if we're in paradise, the Garden of Eden, if you will. But this is the big fat lie. It's the big fat lie of mammon. Money and property and possessions are not meant to be served by us as if they are a precious God. We do not serve mammon. Instead, money and possessions and property, they should be a tool to be used by us because, frankly, they are not God's. Money and property and possessions, they serve our neighbor and they serve us and our families. And so, dear friends, listen up. You can never truly possess mammon because it will always possess you. Mammon demands that you protect it, you protect money, that you serve property, and that you get more possessions. Mammon demands your love, demands your attention, demands your service, your devotion and attention because it is an idol. It's false. It's a false god. And as we know, all false gods, they cannot stand on their own two feet. They must be propped up by this sinful old Adam, this sinful heart. And so this is why Jesus says that you cannot serve God and mammon. And you know, Jesus is right. Mammon won't let you serve anyone else except itself. And so, dear friends, it is so very important for us not only to recognize this morning this idol of mammon in America, actually in this whole entire world, but specifically in America, but also to confess our ungodly loyalty to mammon, saying something such as this, O oh Lord, forgive us for fearing, loving, and trusting in mammon and not you. Indeed, forgive us for fearing, loving, and trusting in mammon and not you. Baptized saints, it is also so very important for you and me to hear this too as well. Unlike mammon, your God, get this, your God lets himself be used by you. It's unlike mammon that demands your love and never gives you anything in return. Your Lord did not come to be served, as we hear in the Gospels. He did not come to be served by you, but to serve by dying and giving his life for you as a ransom for many, for the sins of the world. And so unlike mammon, the gifts of your Lord Jesus Christ are meant to be enjoyed. They're meant to be received and consumed, not for sinful gain, obviously, but for forgiveness and life and salvation, for a conscience at peace for daily assurance that all is well in Christ. See, these gifts include not only his word and sacrament, obviously given to us, but these gifts of our Lord Jesus Christ, they include the daily bread that he bestows on you. Think about it for a moment. The Lord gives you and I food. Daily, he gives us food. He gives us drink. He gives us clothing. He gives us shoes, a house, a home, land, animals, goods, and so forth good gifts. Now these things that he bestows upon to you and me as a sheer gift, as a wonderful gift, these things that he gives unto you as daily bread, if you will, they're not given to you and me so that we may in turn collect all these things and gather them up into mammon by shoving them away in a secure safe, never to be enjoyed, never to be received. No, that's not the way it works. The Lord gives to you, he blesses you so that you may receive from him 
to be a blessing to others. And so as they say, you can't take it with you. So why do we try so hard? Today, let us pray together in reflection on what we've heard. Today, let us pray this. O Lord, deliver us from the temptation to turn your daily bread into mammon. Lord, free us as your people to use your gifts, share your gifts, and rejoice in the gifts that you give to us. Teach us to be faithful stewards of your gifts for the present day and for the days to come. Help us to use what you have given us for our own needs and the needs of those around us. For you, O Lord, are not like mammon, but are the true God who lets himself be used and serves his people. Baptized saints, you cannot have two masters. Why? Because mammon is not real. It cannot bleed for you, but only takes from you. However, you only have one Lord who is real and bleeds for you. His name is Jesus Christ. Yes, your Lord Jesus gives you all good things, including daily bread. So abide in him today because he is your master and receive, ah, receive his gifts with joy this day because he constantly gives to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.